we need the anointing of God. The anointing is that divine enablement of the Holy Ghost or the power of God to operate and function in our life. And some of us men need the anointing of God on our life to really be our father. We need the anointing of God in our life. Some of us business people, we need an anointing. You can go through the motion, and I don't want to go through the motion. You should want to be anointed. You're listening to the Anointed Leadership Podcast with Terry Lynn Scott. Subscribe today to start cultivating more leadership anointing in your life. Now here's your host, Terry Lynn Scott. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Anointed Leadership Podcast. I am your host, Terry Lynn Scott, and I am so grateful that you're joining me today. This is episode number 30. Woo! To me, it's a lot of episodes, and, and I am so grateful that you have taken the time out to join me today, whatever platform you're listening on or watching on, uh, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, or on the podcast platform that you prefer. And again, I am so grateful to, for you joining me. And uh, again, episode number 30, and I'm actually talking today about how did Jesus develop leaders. I, I titled this one just called Developing Leaders. Uh, but it's really, I'm coming through some principles that I have found throughout the scriptures. There's eight of them, and there's probably more. But today I want to try and get into eight. It's going to be a two-part today, and then in a couple of weeks we'll finish it up about the principles that Jesus used in developing leaders. And so before we jump into the content today, I want to ask you to do a couple things. One, if you have not already done so, please hit the subscribe button and the little bell for notifications. That way you know every time we drop a new podcast or something, you're alerted and you can actually uh, take time to listen to it. Uh, also, share this with some friends. Probably my most uh, asked question is if you would share this with your friends, family, co-workers, pastors, church leaders, and such. And so I would really be grateful if you were to do that for me. And then the last thing is is leave me a comment. Give me an uh, something that has helped you, whether you like them or even if you dislike them. Give me some information. Give me some feedback. I would love to hear that. And before we jump into, I'm excited to announce today that we have launched our website with the, the Anointed Leadership Podcast. The website is called terrylenscott.com. Again, terrylenscott.com. It's T-E-R-R-Y-L-I-N-S-C-O-T-T dot uh, com. And uh, I would challenge you just to go part of that website. You can do a couple different things. You can listen to the podcast. You can watch the, the videos there uh, of the same podcast if you prefer the video portion of it. You can also uh, request um, uh, me to come in and talk to your team, me to come talk to your church. Uh, there's a request to, to book me for help into your ministry or whatever that team is, business or whatever, to come in and to speak if you'd like for me to do that. Also, there's a request to uh, have me on your podcast. So uh, I know many times that different podcasters, they they jump on each other's channel and and it helps with a lot of things. First is getting content out there and also as, is also increasing your um, your uh, uh, audience to be able to, to speak to. And so if you'd like to do that, but also there's another one there that I like is, is you want to apply to be on my podcast. I'm going to start this year actually having a few other people on the podcast and interviewing some people in leadership positions, uh, whether it's church uh, or business, either one, and uh, how we can grow together and sharpen each other in leadership. So that's there. There's some other good stuff coming. We're going to be blogging there. Uh, we'll be 
dropping our uh, podcast notes uh, in the future dates. But again, go join us there. Go check it out. I'm excited about it again. TerryLinscott.com. You can communicate to me there. Email me there. Request things there. Apply for things there. uh, And and more to come on that website again. Let's jump into it today. I'm Again, I'm so grateful that you're joining me today. And I pray this is really going to help you. You know, when I think about leadership, I think about, you know, Pull, uh, leading the way, uh, dread, uh, plowing through a path that somebody can follow you in. This is what I think about leadership is, is how do you help take people from where they are to where you're going? How do you paint the picture? And leadership, it should be painting pictures of, of what does the vision look like? What does the end goal look like? Um, that's what we should be doing. But we also should be understanding this one thing. Leadership isn't just about leading a task, but it's leading people. And inside of leading people, it's also helping people discover their true potential. It's helping them discover their leadership abilities. It's helping them become all that they can become uh, and what Christ has done in them and what he's placed in them. And leadership is supposed to not just lead them in a direction, but pull out uh, the discovery, the self-development, and the self-discovery of who each person is that is following us. And to me, that's what leadership is. To me, Jesus Christ is the greatest leader of all times. Uh, he's still leading people today. He's changed the globe the way we know it today. There, there, and, and with Jesus Christ leading, uh, there's and in any form of leadership, but listen to what Jesus, there's a great opposition with Jesus. There's opposition with other religions. There's opposition with other people. And leadership is always going to have opposition. We're always going to have that. We don't shy from it. We're not afraid of it. We don't necessarily invite it, but what we, are not, what we understand is that we're going to have those obstacles in our life. But Jesus, even in the midst of every obstacle, every circumstance, every opposition, he's always led through it. It's always about being better and helping people around you become better. That's one of the key components of Jesus's leadership. And so I think about him and I think about this thought is about developing leaders. I keep saying this, uh, and I'm saying it in church. I'm saying it in when my preaching, when I, as a pastor, I'm also saying it to people individually about leadership. You know, Jesus. So many people say this. I want you to think for just a minute what I'm getting ready to say. Uh, to me, it's not out of bi- biblical order. Uh, Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. We know that. We know that Jesus came to die on the cross so that men could be saved and live eternal life in heaven. We know that. But Jesus did not necessarily change the world. He changed 12 men. He spent so much time with 12 men and that changed their life, changed the course of life. It changed their way of believing. It changed their way of thinking. He, he spent three and a half years and changed 12 men. He changed them. Those 12 men in turn changed cities, communities, nations. And today we're still seeing the effects of Jesus the Christ changing 12 disciples who turned around and changed in the face of every opposition so many people around them. I want you to think, take that picture. And today, in 2022, we are still utilizing the same principles that Jesus taught in the four Gospels as he changed 12 men and he changed regions and he affected people's lives. We're still using them same principles Today, we still are, we're still reading it in our Bible and it's affecting many of our lives. The Bible was written 
by the men of, of God that he changed their life. Of course, we know Old Covenant stuff. But New Covenant, the, the life that we live today, the book of Acts Church, is written by the men of, of God that Jesus Christ touched their life personally, and now we do church based off of it. Come on, that, that's good stuff. So I think about it. And in this moment today, I want to read two verses to you, and I'm going to show you something that you as a leader have to get your eyes off of task-oriented. Now, there's nothing wrong with having tasks, having jobs, having assignments. There's nothing wrong with that, and we should accomplish a task. We should fulfill our duties. We should take care of responsibilities. But Jesus was much more interested in the heart of the person than he was the accomplishment of a task. Now, he had to go to the cross, but as he was going to the cross, he still had to affect these 12 men. Had to. Because if he didn't affect these 12 men in such a way in three and a half years, notice this, it did not take a lifetime. It took three and a half years. We wouldn't be doing what we're doing today in, in, a, in, in, a, in a sense. Does that make sense? And so I want you to read this verse in Mark chapter 4, verse 33 and 34. It says, And with many such parables, he spoke, Jesus, the word to them, which is the, the, the audience, the crowds that gathered, uh, to them as they were able to hear it. So he spoke in certain ways that they could understand. Now verse 34, but without a parable, he didn't speak to them. In other words, he didn't speak to the disciples. And it says, and when they were alone, Jesus and the 12, he explained all things to his disciples. Uh, and, and if you think about this, uh, in leadership, we have those people that are really close to us. And I'm talking about developing leaders. I'm going to get to a couple points today and we'll finish it next week. But we have people that are really close to us. Well, I'll call it our staff. Okay. So I have my congregation. I have my department heads, right? I have my staff, okay? So I have three tiers of people, three categories. I have the massive masses. I have those that are, are close to me to some degree that may follow me. And then I have my staff that's with me every single day. We have these tiers in our leadership. And that's how I use the example. What about you? What are the, who are the people? What are the categories? What are the tiers? Maybe you're in business. It's your clients, it's your employees, and then it's your managerial, managerial staff. Do you see the difference? So you have three different categories, and you touch each category differently. I want to talk to you about the ones that are closest to you. In my opinion, is my staff. Maybe in your state, in your in your company, it's your managerial staff. Those that are your executive level staff members. Whatever that looks like, this is what we're talking about today. Here's the last verse I'm going to give you because it kind of ties at the very end of this thing that we'll get to next week. Uh, we won't be able to go through all of these today, uh, but it's Mark chapter 6, verse 15, and it says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, very simple, very, very simple for me, right? And so I'm looking at these two verses. Number one, Jesus spent a ton of time with his disciples and he spoke to them differently than everybody else. And the last thing he said to his disciples was go. So he brought them in and he taught them and then he sent them out. This is what leadership looks like. Bring them in, talk to them, teach them, speak to them, uh, dis, dis, uh, describe everything to them, uh, break it down in, in much simpler terms. Get your heart into them. Get the way you think into them. This is what Jesus was doing. And then don't just keep them for you. 
Let them go. Commission them. This is development. This is what leadership is all about. We really are not just looking for employees. We are truly looking to affect the world with whatever we have, whether whatever product, whatever message, whatever that is, we want to change the world, not just a handful of people. And the only way to expand your reach is by expanding your commissioning of the people that are closest to you. Does that make sense? Come on. And so let's look at this. I, I want to I talk to you about a few things here, okay? When we look at Jesus and we take these two verses and we take these two thoughts, I want you to see something. He was, inter- he was very intentional about relational leading, but he was also very intentional about commissioning out and giving them freedom to go fly, you know, go, go f- spread their wings and go fly and, and go make their own way of doing things, right? This is, this is what the goal should be of leadership. Leadership managers want to keep everybody close and keep a thumbprint on them. Leaders want to bring people in close, teach them, train them and let them go and then reteach somebody else. It's how do you duplicate yourself? How do you really affect the people around you, the community around you, the business that you're in, the church that you're in? How do I really affect them? By developing people. It's one of the key components about this. And so we're going to jump in. We're going to probably get to three of the eight. I have eight things that I want to do. And I'm probably going to get to three today, maybe four. Uh, Try to, but I don't want to to go so fast. I would love to really dive into this. And and so I'm going to break this down from my perspective of how this looks. And the very first thing that he did is this. It says that I, I wrote this down. He chose his followers. They didn't choose him. That, to me, is very profound. It says that he went and he found them, and it did not say they came and found him. And so in leadership, you're going to be selective about people that you're going to empower, people that you're going to develop. The goal would be to develop everybody. The goal, ultimate goal for Terry is that I'm developing every person in my church to become the next leader in their life. That's my ultimate goal. However, I'm not naive to think that everybody will have the same levels of motivation, the same levels of willingness, the same levels of character, the same levels of desire. I'm not naive. I know not everybody is going to decide to step into the potential of leadership. I know that. I know many people are going to step into followership and stay there. I also know that many people are going to stay into spectatorship and stay there. Actually, I might do a podcast on spectatorship, followership, and leadership. (laughs) But realistically, those three areas and categories is where people are going to stay. They're going to spectate. They're just going to follow, or they're actually going to step up and lead. And Jesus chose 12. He chose them. They did not choose Jesus. Can I tell you this? The people that you're looking at, the people that are around you, the people that are close to you are either going to fit one of those three categories. They're going to just be watching. Some are just going to be following. And some are actually going to be you know, biting at the bit to start leading and develop and grow. And you got to choose that. You've got to be very selective in the people that you decide to impart into and you just divulge everything that you can into them. You can't do that to everybody. You can't, when I preach as a pastor, I preach parables. I preach in general forms. I hit some things on the nails on the head, but the reality, I don't break everything down in a 40 minute message to, to make it to where there's so much meat to that one, every person there. But I do this, those that come around close to me and sit with me and talk with me and we talk about things, I'm now discipling them. I'm developing them. 
And I have a few around me that are doing that. And so you got to realize you have to choose them. Don't let them choose you. Here's the reason why. And this is why I say that. Watch. The Bible says in Proverbs, <clears throat> we have the Bible in Proverbs, it says that this, he who walks with the wise is wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. So I've got to have the people that I'm going to develop. I've got to be able to develop them. They have to have desire. They have to have the character and the makeup. They've got to have some motivation about themselves. They have to have a drive about themselves. They have to be willing to, to, to go all in. Here's the thing. They have to be willing to be corrected as well as encouraged. And so you've got to find these right people. There's some testing that happens before you pull them in, right? So Jesus chose disciples and primarily the majority of them were John the Baptist's disciples, right? So they were already part of the fold. He just picked them out of it. And so when we realize this, we understand that part of developing leaders is you're not going to develop everybody. He spoke in parables, but he developed 12 people. He chose them amongst everybody else. You as a leader are going to have to identify character. You're going to have to identify their desire. You're going to have to identify their motivation. And you're going to have to identify their willingness. You are going to have to see that. To do that takes relationship. It takes building that relationship. It takes trust. And so how do you develop? The very first thing that Jesus did is he chose. He didn't let them choose him. Now, I, I, I hear what you're saying probably is like, yeah, but there's so many much potential and so many people want to be around me. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But you've got to be discerning is are they around you to drain you? use you and abuse you, or are they around you because of what you can offer them and how you can help them? This is talking about leaders now. You pastor, you church, church leader, you department head, you staff member, you business owner, you're a leader now. Your time is valuable and you can't get around, uh, you know, you can't get around a companion of fools. People that are just being foolish, that have no sense of urgency, that have no motivation. If you do, you're just going to become, you're going to suffer harm. It's going to create problems, but you find wise people, people that are willing to go all in with you and help grow themselves because it's not your job to grow them. It's your job to set them in an atmosphere that they can grow to their potential. It's not your job to grow them. We have to be very clear on this right here. So the first principle of, de of developing leaders that we find with Jesus, Terry does, is he chose them. They didn't choose him. The second thing that I, and there's no specific order in this, in my opinion, but the second thing that we find when Jesus brought them in, according to Mark, he taught them differently than everybody else. And he, he explained everything to them. In other words, it, he took his heart and, and gave it to them and they learned to catch what he had to offer them. The second thing is then he assigned tasks with limited details. Now, you go throughout the scriptures in Matthew and Luke and Mark, and it reads that he sent out the 72 and he sent out the, and, and he sent out the 12. And so when you find this, he gave them in some instructions. But he says things like, whatever house, whatever city. In other words, don't go to address 105 or address 119 or address 2341 on Hickory Lane. He, he didn't say those details. He just said, whatever house and whatever city. Okay. So now it's up to interpretation. It's up to me finding out what does that mean to me? What's my potential? Where does my heart drawing me? What's pulling me? What's going there? He didn't give me exact details. He gave me limited details. It's what he did with the 72. Do you know what this looks like? He begins to trust them 
with ownership of the task. So not only does he choose him because of what they're, listen, he chose him because of their character. He chose him because of their desire, their motivation, and their willingness. He chose based on those things. And in that, he developed them outside of the parable mindset to really sit down and teach them. And he then assigned them a task, go out two by two and do these things. And here's what happens if it doesn't work. And here's what happens if it does work. So he gave them limited detail and sent them out and let them go. He was not a helicopter leader. In other words, hovering over them, making sure that they're doing what they're supposed to do. What else did he do? He allowed their own personalities to shine. He allowed them to flourish. He allowed them to, to, to take ownership, if you will, of the task. He gave a painted a picture, but then he sent them. Notice this. You have to be willing to let them go. Let them go. Let them grow. Let them go so they can grow. Let them go so they can grow. You can't grow them if they're always with you. Do you know why? Think about you. If you were under leadership, you felt always inferior when they were that close. You were always nervous. You didn't want to make a mistake. Jesus knew you're going to make a mistake. And I'm going to talk about that. And he knew they would make a mistake, but he still let them go. Were they completely ready? No, we know that because when Jesus arose on the third day, they went back fishing because they didn't know what to do. They weren't ready, but they went out with an assigned task with the opportunity to, to go to grow. They were, they were going to go fall. They were going to fail. They were going to mess up. They were going to do all those things, but Jesus did not care that they actually were 100% ready. He gave them enough and, and he gave them a big enough leash that they could actually fall and succeed, either one. So you got to realize, number one, you choose the people that you're going to invest in. This is part of developing leaders. You have to choose that. Second thing, you got to assign them tasks with limited detail. You got to give them enough detail. Once you find that person and you start bringing them close and you spend time with them and you start imparting into them and helping them grow, then you let them go without being around and give them opportunity to make it their own, put their own personality, put their own flavor into that task. Let them do it. Your way is not always the right way and it's not always the best way. Is it a good way? Yes, but so will theirs be. You've got to assign a task and let them go. That's number two. One, you choose them based on character, willingness, desire, and motivation. You then assign them tasks once you've developed some of it in there, and you let them go so they can grow. The third thing is, watch this. I'm just going to read this, and we'll be done for today. It says that, in my opinion, this is what he did. It said he celebrated their victories. See, we're, we're very quick. I don't know about you, but as a, as a pastor and a leader, it is so easy for me to nitpick every mistake. I can correct so many things all the time. I see it. I see the struggle. I see the mistakes. I see the failures. I see them I, in every person. And based on what my mind tells me we should be doing, I see the mistakes based on that. However, if I'm only looking at their mistakes to find their mistakes or looking at their efforts to find their mistakes, I will never see their victories. Jesus was able in Luke chapter 10, in chapter 10, 1 through 23, remember he sent out the 72, they returned and they were elated. 
that the, that the demons listened and the people got healed. And Jesus said, hey, I'm so excited for you boys, but just be more grateful, not that it happened, but that your name's written down the Lamb's book of life, which is the ultimate purpose. But then the Bible says at the very end of that, those few verses, it says Jesus went away and he went to his father and it says he rejoiced with the father because it, it worked for them. He celebrated with them their victories and he celebrated them. You have to learn to celebrate the victories, not just pick apart the, the, the wrongs, the mistakes. You got to find the moments when, man, thank you for that. You know, you did a great job. I'm so grateful that you did that. I mean, that was perfect. You did that. You you knocked that one out of the park, man. Those are the type of terminology you've got to learn to give them. Why? Because if all you're giving them is negative feedback or corrective feedback, though it's needed, and yes, it's needed at specific times in their life, and normally in any level of leadership, you're always going to have levels of correction, which is where willingness has to, they have to be willing to receive it. But if all you do is bring in correction, their 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 uh uh inward like drive is depleted. They have no motivation because now they think I'm never good enough. I'm never amount to it. I can never do it right. This is what's in their mind. And the person you chose to develop to send is now inside saying, I'll never amount to anything. Not because you told them they won't amount to anything, but because you never found anything to celebrate. So if you're going to develop leaders, you've got to find the victories that you can celebrate with them, right? Does that make sense? And so today, hey, listen, we're going to, I'm going to review this and recap this three things and next next time the next podcast release will be five more things a total of eight that i'm going to show you and here's the deal you got to find the people that you choose not everybody around you deserves your time energy and attention in this manner of development some people are just followers some people are spectators you got to you got to know who these people are and what category they fit in and then you got to realize once you bring them in you got to be willing your whole goal is to send them these people you aren't bringing in to keep with you forever. These are the people you're bringing in to send, right? This is the idea. What we find is Jesus chose his followers. Jesus assigned them tasks with limited details and allowed them to go so they can grow. And then he also celebrated their victories. So you got to find these three things. These three components is part of developing leaders, which is the goal of leadership. Goal of manager is to keep a thumb pressure upon somebody and keep them where they are. True leaders are all about what Jesus did is develop them and send them. Develop, send, bring them in close, send them out. Can I tell you what will happen is you will always be bringing people in and sending people out. Bringing people in and sending people out. You will always be doing that. You can't just have the same group of people because eventually those group of people wear out, burn out, and nobody else feels like they will ever amount to nothing. Or there's no reason to really go all in with the leader because the leader is only concerned about these handful of people. You got to realize some of these things. We'll deal with some of that next time. But again, listen, hey, I'm Terry Linscott. I am your host of the Anointed Leadership Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. And listen, don't miss in a couple of weeks when we drop the next one because it will continue to cover developing leaders. Share this with some of your friends. Leave me a comment. Go to my website, terrylinscott.com and actually uh, send a request. Leave me send me an email, whatever that is, talk to me, communicate to me. How can I help you? I would love to help you in any form or fashion. Till next time, I call you blessed and may the anointing of God get up on you and all over you to accomplish everything God has called you to do in Jesus' mighty name. Connect with Terry on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts to help this message reach more people so together we can create anointed leaders all over the world. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, 
We're believing God with you and for you that whatever you put your hand to will prosper in Jesus' name.